0: no idea when dev starts on this oh me neither is it now
1: it can't be now there's no way wait it's coming up okay hold on okay places places the history of film that battle here when the lights movie 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 go, go dim From james Cagney to, to nosferatu and stunts that, that shock you and all and dirty the dirty tricks to his made. Wings is the top, top gun, who stars and no ones broke crazy fans, fans that leave them no real of fun. Hollywood is film from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come
0: true. Mystery, the history, the history of film, all of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, very excited to bring this one to you guys today, Uh, finally, finally getting into maybe one of the biggest legends in film history, the The history History of film. Film. We are going to be talking about Humphrey motherfucking Bogart today, y'all, so sit down, pour a glass of scotch. Uh, smoke a cigarette, however, you got to do it to get into the right headspace for old bogey today. Break some I'm Very dames excited hearts. about this one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah, and I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna do this CAG style. We're going back to to the Cagney method. We did this with James Dean as well. The Cagney, the Cagney method, Cagney method. Uh, part one. I'm just gonna bring you his early life. This is baby Bogie. I'm gonna be bringing you from the time he was born until he gets into the movie industry, and then I'm gonna stop it off there for part one today. And part two. I'm going to tell you all about uh, Bogey being Bogey, Bogey and Bacall, the whole story, man. Cool. I'm very excited about this one. Good. I love I love early life stuff. Yeah. Are there abusive dads? There's not abusive dads Whoa. in this. Whoa! This one gets very interesting. <laughs> Is oh. there, I'm very glad that I... Is there murder? Is there what? Uh, there might be some murder... Actually, yeah. You know what? There was a little bit of murder in this. And what's yeah, what's actually, a Hollywood story
2: I, without a little murder sprinkled on top?
0: <laughs> Mass murder, as a matter of fact. I can't wait to tell you about this one. This one got very interesting in my studies. I, I couldn't believe what I was like unveiling. Fascinating. But young baby bogey had quite, a, uh, quite an upbringing, for sure. Um, now, I'm not the only one to hold this opinion. Humphrey Bogart maybe was the first, like international major movie star and i know i said i said that about cag but bogey is just different man like humphrey bogart for instance i mean we the whole reason this show came to be is uh and the james cagney episode the very first one is kind of because no one really knows about james cagney Mm -hmm. you know no one a lot of people didn't even know who he was Mm -hmm. uh but bogey humphrey bogart You've at least heard his name at some point or another. You know, like the guy was, this man was like, I would say if I were to compare him to someone like a Robert De Niro. But also mm. I wouldn't even compare those two. There's never been someone like Bogey. Really? There's never quite been another Humphrey Bogart. Interesting. Yeah. What,
1: what, what, what why what do you say that? Like what element of him as a, as a star or an actor
0: like makes him un, uh, uh, irrepeatable so far? He had this thing, and by the way, for those of you who don't really, Humphrey Bogart starred in uh, the African Queen. Uh, maltese falcon one of my favorite all these are great movies and of course casablanca here's looking at you kid mm-hmm. you know that was bogey um and ingrid birdman bogey was five foot four five foot five tiny little guy handsome but not but like just real rugged handsome looking face. Not. and bogey just had this like Bubbling rage in him, dude. Like, oh, I like Cagney. him already. <laughs> yes, yes, dude. Bogey had this, like, as tough as Cag was. Bogey was like an edgier tough. Like, if you were in a fight with like Cag and Bogey and some sort of brutal, sexy fantasy from back in the day, Cag would like beat the <laughs> hell out of you. But Bogey was the type who like would just put one behind your ear, and just like take you out type of guy. What? Like, he was a very, he was a scary man. He really? Was very scary. Yeah. So he wasn't fun. He was. Because he yeah. used to party with the Rat Pack. He used to party with the Rat Pack and. By all accounts, you know lauren McCall uh, like loved him till the day she died, and they were inseparable. He was not like this big like philandering movie star or uh wife abuser or anything mm-hmm. like that, but he was very fucking he was just scary, man, like I said like Robert de Niro, for instance, mm-hmm. like Robert de Niro. Uh, By all accounts, pretty sweet guy in person, Mm -hmm. but like he's very scary in all of his movies. Yeah. Bogey's just, he was sort of like that. He was just always like, he was the bad guy, you know, but even when he was playing the good guy, I see. He was the bad guy. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. To the point where like studios were making up shit about him. Like, I'll get into it, but he was born on Christmas Day. And Warner Brothers was like, we can't tell that to people because nobody born on Christmas Day can be, like, as evil as you are. (laughs) Like, like, he had this, like thing about him. Just watch some of his movies, man. You'll see what I'm saying. It's like I, I this intangible. Think I, I think I've only seen him in Casablanca. Yeah is, yeah. is
1: Casablanca kind of evocative of a lot of the other roles, or is it a little different?
0: It's a little bit different. My favorite one, I would have to say, from Bogey is called In a Lonely Place, mm. where he plays a writer. He's a screenwriter uh, who basically is like becomes a suspect for this murder that happens in his building. Oh. Very interesting. Interesting. Cool. And he's just... Deplorable. He's just like so hateable, <laughs> and like everyone thinks he's a murderer just because he's an asshole. You know, mm. and, and he's he's. And I don't know what he just had this dangerous vibe to him. I love Bogey Man. Mm. Um, definitely, bubbling rage will be <laughs> maybe the title of this episode. Like this man was. He was very much like uh, Rod Serling. We're like just maybe not as as like explosive anger, but always just a little bit angry you know I see what was he angry about i i i don't know man um just the world the world the world <laughs> man and- was it was it
1: like a Rod Sterling thing where he's just like there's just so much injustice man or was he just like angry just cuz I, fuck that bird! He's tweeting at me. Yeah,
0: I think like, he was just kind of angry.
1: Like, can the
0: bird shut up? And yeah, like, that's not how birds work. Yeah, like, oh, I fucking. He hate was never. This world. He was never like slighted, really. You mm-hmm. know, he was. And now get into it, but I mean, his his upbringing definitely. I don't know, man. He was just an angry guy, but in the in a cool way, in a cool way, man. Like, and uh, like I said, I'm sure. The Rat Pack probably didn't think of him that way, mm-hmm. you know. Whenever he'd hang out with people, they probably didn't think. But all yeah. of his movies, man, even when he's playing just like a a, a lover, you know, he he just plays it very very angry. <laughs> <laughs> so for this one, on part one, I'm going to tell you about, like I said, his birth. And to do that, I got to take you way back in time. <laughs> for when are we? When are we? <laughs> when are we indeed the year that brought us baby bogey was all the way back in 1899 when this man was born what just months after the CAG was born as a matter of fact so CAG was also born that year um bogey was like fuck that if CAG's tap dancing his way into the world here I come too you know
2: (laughs) bogey's gonna literally blast his way into the world on a navy ship (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, did Bogie dance? Bogie did not dance. No. 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 <laughs> no. I, <laughs> Bogie was not a dancer.
2: I, I don't know. I would beg to differ. He did, he did have a little stint on Broadway that I'm sure you'll get into. Yeah,
0: I will get into that. Yeah, may, he might have danced on Broadway. He never danced in any movies, that's for okay. sure. Uh, <laughs> he was he was not the dancing type. <laughs> he was more the, the like, say something real mean to you type, <laughs> you know. Uh, 1899, we saw the birth of Bogey. We saw the birth of the CAG. Al Capone was born this year. Duke Ellington, one of my favorite jazz uh, dudes, Fred Astaire, and Ernest Hemingway were all born in 1899. This Whoa. was like a whole crop of human Man. beings that are being yeah. introduced into the world. Hemingway? Yeah, Hemingway. Hemingway and Bogie were born the same year. Interesting. Yeah. For
1: some reason, I, 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 Hemingway is one of those guys that's like... I, I, Fought lived in an older time to yeah, be honest yeah you know. he's,
0: I think Hemingway was always just there mm, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like 1850s like yeah. he, he, he was being born over there in Dev's neck of the woods Dev's in Hemingway country right now oh uh, yeah well I guess really yeah. with a bunch wait, of wait, other wait, famous of drunks <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh no Hemingway but he made Key West was like mm. Hemingways Key West and Cuba mm. were Hemingways like okay. you know that's where he retired to and died and went nuts uh, everybody watch a good. There's a good movie about Hemingway. I think it's called like Papa or whatever his nickname was. But Hemingway. actually,
2: the first film studio to film underwater was in a, pl- a place called Marineland, Florida, where they had these tanks that had windows in them so that they could shoot Creature from the Black Lagoon and Flipper and Holy shit. and it's on wow. the east coast of florida just south of saint augustine and um they, they they revolutionized filming underwater because they would make it appear to be underwater but the cameras would be in a dry space like in this area around the tank and then it would film through glass but hemingway loved going there so much and he would go there to write there that they built a bar in there, that was a pirate ship, and they called it like Hemingway's Bar, and he would just hang out there and get wasted and write a bunch of shit while they would be filming these water things, you know, any TV or that's videos. cool. Yeah, one of my that's favorite
0: cool. one of my favorite stories about Hemingway is when he was in Cuba and uh, he was like a bunch of revolutionaries were like storming their uh, their capital basically, yeah, and they were a- like shooting at each other. Yeah, Havana. They were storming Havana, and they were, like, shooting at each other and grenades and shit, and Hemingway was just, he just showed up to watch. Hemingway was just, like, on the sidelines, like, hiding behind a car, like, watching the fucking revolution go on.
2: Um, I mean, that's what happens but, when you lose the love of your life in a farewell to arms in the airport.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. He went... Crazy! I love all. We'll do an episode on Hemingway one yeah, day. Yeah, I was about
1: to say that'd be that'd be good for history of everything. Yeah, history, history of history. everything. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Hemingway coming soon we uh, Patreon near you. <laughs> oh, by the way, we're
1: on Patreon. We're on Patreon, y'all. Shout out to Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. We oh, got man. cons on Patreon. Go, go check it out. Yeah, dude. Anyway, back to the regular schedule programming. Yeah,
0: 1899. The president at the time is William McKinley. Uh, and if he sounds familiar, it's because a, a few years later, he joined that tight-knit club of presidents who got murdered in office. Oh, yeah. word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Worse. Yeah. It's a it's a club that not many get into, but he sure did. Um you know, no
1: one wants to be in the club, but once you're in, it's kinda cool. It's kinda cool. Arguably baby, you know? there's some
2: that should be in that club.
0: <laughs> and I mean look, McKinley was one of those guys too, it's like listen, it's gonna be worse if you don't. You wait, 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 so. why did they murk him? I don't know. I don't know the full story about William McKinley's killing. I just know that he was president when bogey was born so at some point (laughs) in bogey's life the president got shot uh twice well no he was dead by the 60s but anyway uh (laughs) yeah bogey died very young Um, oh really oh that's right we talked about a little bit in the in the the Red pack episode yeah you know same old shit. just drank and smoked himself into (laughs) into an early coffin you know like most of these guys did Mm bogey I don't know if there's a frame of a movie where he's not smoking a cigarette. You know, so. <laughs> I think his entire career, I think he was contractually supposed to smoke in every, you know, scene. Um, the dust is settling from the Spanish-American War around this time, and the war between America and the Philippines was kicking off. A lot of people don't know that one. We went to war with the Philippines in 1899. To what uh, end? Yeah no. Just, we wanted it. Okay. We we needed it. Yeah. We needed some Philippines. They had oil. They had oil. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't like this. Uh, this is so long ago, Queens and Staten Island this year became a part of New York City. <laughs> this is how long ago this shit is. <laughs> oh, that's wild. And cool thing that I found about the 1890s, uh, we're in the twilight years of an era that was known as the gay 90s, or if you were in the UK, it was called the naughty 90s. <laughs> that sounds way gayer. Yeah. <laughs> the naughty 90s. Um, a lot of movements are being kicked off. So Oscar Wilde in the 1890s was on trial for homosexuality. He's oh. like going to be arrested for being gay. And basically like a very early LGBTQ community came out against this back in the day. This was a big movement for gay people. The suffragette movement is like full force by the 1890s. Women really are trying to vote, you know. Uh, then, Wait, they haven't got the right to vote yet. They haven't gotten the right to vote
1: Still? yet. Still, oh no, my god, I thought either. that happened way earlier. I thought Hemingway was way older. I thought that was way o- older as well. I don't think women got the right to vote until like 2010. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what? No, I did know this because it's a plot point in Red Dead Redemption Two. That's right, yeah, and the that's, that and that takes place what like the 1910s. Yeah, yeah, yeah so and the yeah.
0: suffragettes and uh, Dev mentioned them at one point, but it was also uh, the suffragettes and the uh, the anti-alcohol. League was also doing their thing. The ladies going around smashing up bars with an axe. Wait, um, were well, those
1: were those were entwined?
2: They were kind of entwined. They became. The,
1: how did how did those have anything to do with each other? Temperance, the, the temperance, temperance movement. Movie. Yeah, I said suffrage yeah. and
2: I misspoke on the last episode. But it's the temperance movement, mm-hmm. and that's because but they were, all the men in America were filthy drunks, and the women were pissed off about them being. Oh, and they yeah, were like, I would love to men.
1: not get beat when my husband yes. gets drunk. Yes. Uh, maybe this maybe this brown liquid isn't great. The the temperance see, okay. movement
2: <laughs> kind of had a point let's yeah, be yeah, honest yeah, yeah. and Although, they kind of real quick to be a counterpoint every but- yeah. when they were Humphrey Bogart was filming on the Nile everybody on that shoot got sick from drinking water <laughs> and dysentery, but good old Humphrey Bogart didn't get sick. You want to know why? Because all he drank was yep. whiskey. and was liquor? <laughs> him,
0: him and the director. Both of them didn't um, get sick because uh, they were like, water? hysterical. <laughs> if I drink water, it's not going to get me drunk. <laughs> I can't wait, Deb, to talk oh. about filming that fucking movie, dude. That... I, I have a book on that movie. They made like documentaries and books about the filming of that movie because oh, they all man. went and filmed in the fucking jungle in the forties. It was like, oh, oh my man. god, that dude. sounds awful. Everybody almost died. Yeah. Like, how yeah. could
1: you be sober for that? Yeah, like
0: basically every movie, every every part of that movie, everyone's just sweating and <laughs> sickness. You know, they're just like <laughs> current, like actively dying on set. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sounds awful. But most importantly...
2: Real quick, this is a relevant fact. Do you know where a gin and tonic comes from? No. So a gin and tonic was a health drink originally because because the old British sailors would add quinine to the water when they were crossing across to the New World. Quinine was added to water to prevent malaria. But quinine has a very like unpleasant flavor and bitter flavor. So to prevent the water from spoiling in the hot sun for three months and to be able to drink it from malaria, they would add gin to the water and then they would just throw a couple fruits in there for flavor. So a gin and tonic was a required drink by the British Navy back in like the 15, 16, 1700s. And that's like where that drink came from is it's specifically because they needed to add the liquor to the water to prevent dysentery and stuff. So like to put yourself back in a, when are we like, it wasn't out of the realm of possibility to be like, we're going to drink wine or we're going to drink liquor added to water because the water was so fucking bacteria and unhealthy. Whoa. very cool, Right.
0: Hell yeah. Oh, and Carrie nation, by the way, was the name of the, uh, the lady who would go around with a hatchet and, and, chop-up taverns. You know about that lady, right? Oh, yeah. She was like the leader of the temperance movement Mm. around this time in the 1890s until like the early 1900s. She would go into a bar, and she started at first just going into a bar, and she would just go in there and wreck shit. She started like, she'd break all the bottles behind the bar, she would break all the tables and flip them and shit, and then just fuck off. (laughs) And then... She amped it up a little bit, and she started going into bars with hatchets, and she and a bunch of other women of the temperance movement would go in there. Their husbands are all in there, and they would just fucking destroy the place with hatchets. (laughs) Yeah, dude. She was radical. She was gnarly, no doubt about it.
1: Wait, uh, why didn't they arrest her?
0: I mean, she was, you know, she was an old... Like grandma lady, you know. I'm sure she did get arrested a few times. I'm sure. Uh yeah. They were like, Nah, she's she's grandma. Don't don't arrest her. You know. (laughs) 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 I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure she got arrested a few times. But uh we'll we'll do a we'll do one on her one day. (laughs) Carrie Nations, the history of everything. But most importantly here today, 1899 was the year that Humphrey D. Forrest Bogart was born on Christmas Day 1899 in New York City. His middle name is D. Forrest? D. Forrest. <laughs> he was the eldest child of Belmont, D. Forest Bogart, and Maud Humphrey. Bro, so. first of
2: all, fuck all of those names. D. Forrest, Maud. <laughs> Where the fuck are we, bro? I'm so we, glad none of those names are really popular anymore. Yeah, wait, where where,
1: where where was he born again?
2: What,
0: he was, was born this? in New York. New York, okay. And we're gonna get into it, but those names come from people who are extremely rich. Ah. Uh, Bogey was born much different than CAG. Bogey mm. was born into a very wealthy upbringing.
1: Ah, okay. Um, Yeah. It's so funny to think that, like, they're,
0: like, down the street from
1: each other yes, or whatever, but, like, yes. one of them is in, like, like high-rise, the yeah. other one's, like, in a shack.
0: Yeah, CAG <laughs> is down the street getting <laughs> bottles thrown at him. and But... Uh, Bogey is uh, being born Humphrey De Forrest Bogart, you know, to, to Daddy Belmont and Mother Maud Belmont. Belmont's Belmont, at <laughs> <Book of> Castlevania.
1: <laughs> Dion is a Belmont.
0: Cas- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Castlevania. Humphrey <laughs> Bogart was born in Castlevania, New York.
1: <laughs> it's a giant castle in New York.
0: <laughs> It's like um, who lives there? The Vampire Slayer. <laughs> the Vampire. <laughs> the Vampire Slayer Humphrey. <laughs> Humphrey. dude. Oh, dude, you were saying Humphrey, by the way. Yeah. They called him Humphrey. Yes, of course school. you would. Yeah. Yes, it's such a jolly name. Yeah, man. Humphrey. Hey, he got he got hell for his name. I'm surprised he kept it. You know, in his acting career, and I'm surprised because he got hell well, for that. Yeah.
2: Uh, really? Choose between Humphrey and deForest. <laughs> yeah. Defo
0: Just call Defoe. me Defo. Defo Bogey. Defo Boo. What's up, guys? It's me, Hummy Defo Bogey. <laughs> Defo.
1: <Bell. laughs> so uh, I want. H- Humphrey's a uh, jolly
0: name, though. I, I would. I would embrace that. I'd Humphrey's, like, yeah. good. Humphrey's good. Humphrey Bogart. Anyway, um, I'll tell you a little bit about his mom. His mom was fascinating. Maude, <laughs> Maude Humphrey. She was a suffragette and. She was famous for her illustrations for magazines. So photography at the time existed. It was very expensive. It was very hard to do. (laughs) It did exist, (laughs) but you weren't exactly... It wasn't a mass thing, you know? So advertising in magazines and newspapers, it was hand-drawn. It Uh was all illustrators, you know? and. She was uh, she was from Old Money. Both she and Belmont were from, like, Old Money. <laughs> Maud and Belmont. Uh, she was a descendant of Mayflower passenger John Howland, one of the very first colonizers here in the good old <laughs> U.S. of A.
1: Whoa, that's crazy. So
0: when Deb asked, was there murder involved, there was a lot of murder oh, yeah. involved. <laughs> Her family did a lot oh. of murdering. <laughs>
2: And then she drew a bunch of cartoons about it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yes. yes. She drew a bunch of cartoons. She was an illustrator and a suffragette. Damn cameras are taking my job. (laughs) These robot cameras. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She drew stuff. She she did not... It was widely thought that she drew the uh, Gerber baby, and then it was even... Widlier thought that Humphrey Bogart was the Ger- the Gerber baby, uh, but it turns out none of that was true. It was uh, just like a legend back in those days. Though that was like yeah. the legend was like Bogie was the the Gerber Whoa. baby. Yeah, yeah, I mean
1: it's like a rumor starts to spread. It's like you can't fact check a bitch. Yeah, fact check this. But
0: she did. She has drawings of him. There, it's still out there. You can find them on the internet. She has drawings of like little baby Bogie and like his curly hair. It's really and, cool. Yeah, she. It was. It's really creepy looking to be honest. Those those old those old baby drawings were creepy back in those days. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she studied at the Art Students League of New York and in Paris at the Julian Academy, and all just rich people shit. Mm-hmm. And she went on to win a Louis Prang and Company competition for Christmas card design. She submitted a design for this Christmas card for their company. She won the competition, and she got a job there. She began working there uh, for the New York publisher Frederick A. Stokes Company as an illustrator. Um, She did this. She was working from 1890s to the 1920s. Uh, Her work included child portraits, Illustrating you know, a lot of child, I you were about
1: to say child pornography. Yeah, child pornography. I mean,
0: there are a lot of them were difference? naked. So, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Is there any difference? That's another conversation for sure. I mean, maybe stop. You know, stop doing that. But uh, <laughs> she would illustrate calendars, greeting cards, postcards, fashion magazines, and more than twenty storybooks that she would illustrate. One of them story. One of them storybooks. <laughs> one of them non-moving pictures. <laughs> These pictures don't move. But, uh, and she'd often use baby bogey as her little model, you know. And uh, that's where that old Gerber baby legend came around. So... She became the art director of the fashion magazine, The Delineator. It was a huge magazine, like the a Red cool Dead name Times. For a magazine. The Delineator, because <laughs> you were de- you would be delineated <laughs> from the from the peasants if you ordered from this magazine, you know. And uh, yeah, she was the art director for them, and. Just to let you in on how successful Maud was. Maud was a fucking baller. She earned $50,000 a year in the 1890s. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's insane.
0: Yes. When you put that through the old inflation calculator, Maude was pulling in $1.5 a year. Holy basically. shit.
1: From drawing stuff? From
0: drawing stuff. She was Whoa. an illustrator. She made $30,000 more a year, then her surgeon husband belmont belmont was this new york heart surgeon huge like renowned heart surgeon got written up in all these medical journals he made 20 grand a year what exactly is heart surgery in the 1800s i think you just shoot people in the chest <laughs> <laughs> i think you just bring carry nations in with her hatchet like covered in booze from the bar that she just smashed up and she'd hack you up you know mm-hmm. she's <laughs> just inside doctor's office smoking
1: a cigarette someone comes in it's like doc my heart's hurting he's like what do you want me to do about
0: yeah, it well, uh, sounds like a you problem son here's some cocaine <laughs> exactly keep snorting until it stops yeah crush up this laudanum and snort it with your <laughs> cocaine it'll get your heart evened out no. <laughs> the cocaine will bring it up the laudanum will bring it down it should find its good beat you know life's well, about balance kid <laughs> Life's about balance. That's basically what they would say. Life's about balance. Have you tried smoking cigarettes, you know? My heart hurts, doc. He's like, "Have you been smoking enough?" <laughs> Might not be smoking yeah. enough cigarettes. We're going
2: provi- to we're going to prescribe you some codeine and cannabis in an elixir and then go have this refreshing Coca-Cola with cocaine in it.
0: Yeah,
1: remember, remember to mix you up as if you're down Otherwise, it will feel all weird. Yeah,
0: you'll get a little shaky. We call
2: it the Johnny Depp breakfast.
0: (laughs) Oh, dude, that That picture picture of his table, incredible, so good.
1: Oh man, (laughs) I love how there's this Keith Richards CD. Yeah, to me, that's the weirdest thing on that table. It's probably from
2: (laughs)
0: Keith.
2: Yeah, it's like a mixtape from keith richards like from back yes. in like the 90s like they just made each other yes. it's, it's like,
1: what was this picture taken what are you putting that cd in <laughs> it's
2: just machine gun oh, kelly right. on it that's all oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, johnny
0: i've made a new cd for you <laughs> it's like, Keith, Keith, man, you're starting to smell like a corpse. You know? We, can, we, we know that you've been dead for years now. Uh, <laughs> it's the cigarettes that keep me alive. It's, it's the cigarettes. You know, he based Jack Sparrow on Keith Richards. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. For those of you in the audience. I maybe mean, yeah. that's why you gave him a signed CD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, for sure. Hugh
1: Richard's is like, there's this newfangled technology called <laughs> compact discs. Compact discs. a major one. You can chop up your cocaine with it when you're done listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny's like, well, I had you on Spotify
0: already, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I guess I'll use this to cut up my coke whip.
0: <laughs> I keep trying to spin it on a record player. <laughs> yeah, so Daddy Belmont, Mama Maud, they're just fucking raking in the dough. Between the two of them, when you put their, their income through the old inflation calculator, they were clearing over two million a year basically in New York. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, was it public knowledge that she made more money? I
1: don't know. It feels pretty progressive I mean, for the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was definitely mm. progressive. People probably knew. And, you know, she was from the first colonizers, so <laughs> it's like she was bound to make some money, you know.
1: Uh, did, did he also come from money, or uh, did he come from a long line of cocaine prescribing surgeons?
0: Both. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, he was also from money. I think their marriage was kind of uh, in like, a range. Like a preordained thing. Yeah. Like two rich people got together and be like, it'd be cool if our kids fucked. Yeah, Exactly. They, they exactly. He grew up with his mom and dad, his two younger sisters, Pat and Kay, in a very fancy apartment in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And uh, they had a cottage on a fifty-five acre estate on <laughs> Canandaigua I'm sorry, Cannon Dagua Lake in upstate New York, where they'd summer. So uh, his rich parents weren't tossing bottles at him like old Cag. Cag was growing up way differently. They were down tossing the fine china and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their bottles are too expensive to throw. So
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: that's the only reason I'm not abusing you, It's because it would cost me too much money. <laughs>
0: yeah. Plus I'm wasting time if I'm throwing shit at you. I need to be, you know, doing yeah. heart surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his parents weren't abusive, but they were they didn't give a shit about the kids. Like I said, I think it was an arrangement. They hated each other. Oh, right. Maud and Maud and uh, Pemberbrook or whatever his name was. They didn't like each other too much.
2: Pemberbrook. Pemberbrook. These uh, names it was, are out of a Dick Tracy comic book. <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah, it, they didn't and they hardly paid attention to the kids. Maud said, uh, don't call me mom. I am Maud." Uh, so, <laughs> oh God! It's one of those households. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. I never wanted you. It's like a stereotypical so. Brit- rich British household. Exactly, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's original like, British people. The, the only yeah.
1: the only time uh, father only hugged me when I was born. <laughs> it, it,
0: it, Bogie literally has a quote. He says, "When she was pleased, she clapped you on the shoulder, almost the way a man does." I was brought up very unsentimentally, but very straightforwardly. A kiss in our family was an event. Our mother and father didn't glug over my two sisters and me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's why he's so angry. Yeah, that's why he never got love as a child. That's
0: the anger. That's the anger. And they didn't love them, but also were like very strict, a lot of pressure. Like you're Mm. going to go to Yale. You're gonna Mm. you're gonna carry this legacy, Mm -hmm. you know, like my my family killed all the Native Americans, so you got to do something big, you know. <laughs> my grandpa. Who are you gonna genocide? Huh? Yeah, huh, yeah, yeah, Huh? Huh? Humphy? Huh? huh? Humphy? Huh? <laughs> Who named you that? What fucking schmuck named you Humphy? It's not even a real name. It's like I think you did, Mod. But it's a weird household. Like, yeah, Mod. Like, Mod is not Mom. She is Mod, but also. She she would use Humphrey, like, draw him and all of her illustrations and stuff. Mm. like There was some kind of love there, right? I mean, I mean it's just it's a free model. Yeah, that's you true. You know, it's like, you, you're going to sit there
1: for five hours because that's how long this shit takes. <laughs> no, you can't get up to pee. God, Why you got to pee all the time, kid? You peed yesterday.
0: Oh, uh, little hum and I
1: he, he did not get paid at all for that modeling work. No, absolutely not. Even though you she get, was making 50 grand. You're getting new. paid if room and board, kid. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, sit exactly. still. Yeah. The
0: more you talk, the longer it's going to take. <laughs> you were blessed to be born between me and Pemberbrook. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember his real name, and I never will. <laughs> Pemberbrook uh, is, is, is... That's fine. Pemberbrook is his name now. <laughs> Pemberbrook Belmont. And... Yeah, Humphrey got he was he was modeling for all these cute little cherub photos for baby food ads, and just got fucking destroyed at school for all this shit. His name's Humphrey. His mom would dress him. uh, I don't know if you've ever heard like little boy, little Lord Fauntleroy. You know that old book. His oh, mom was yeah. dressing him. They would call him Little Lord Fonteroy at school because he was wearing like this little like dandy outfit, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of those boy dresses. One of those boy dresses, <laughs> and they called him Humphy. His name was Humphy. Like yeah. that, you know, and that was like they'd pick on him about it, which was so funny because you said Humphy last episode
1: and in like a loving way. Like, Not I, for sure, I, I yeah. think that's a
0: cool nickname. That's a cool, and cool
1: nickname. Now, back then, Humphy sounds soft. Yeah. you know what I mean. So it's like Humphy, yeah. Yeah, Little Gerber,
0: yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. You um, call me the hump, dude. The hump, dude. <laughs> he went to uh, <laughs> the, the private Delancey School in New York. That's where he went to elementary school. Still very prestigious. All the schools that he went to are still very prestigious. Uh, for middle school, baby bogey attended the prestigious Trinity School. (laughs) Baby bogey. uh, The prestigious Trinity School, founded in 1709, is regarded as one of the most elite private high schools in the United States, sending over 40% of graduating students to the Ivy League and other top schools. And Mm. so they were basically vying for him to be... An Ivy Leaguer. Right, you know? yeah. This boy will become a scholar. A
1: scholar. <laughs>
0: Little Humphrey. You did, are... did
1: they have a desired career path for him? Like, was there a thing they wanted him to do? I think
0: they wanted him to be a surgeon. Like oh, daddy. like his father. Yeah, like his daddy. You're gonna go prescribe cocaine <laughs> to kids like your father.
2: I can tell you, they wanted him to be rich.
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well he succeeded yeah he, but they also strike me as a is uh, a, a family that like never respected uh it, it doesn't matter how much money you made if you made it do it being a fucking actor right Ac- a good acting for nothing actor yeah 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 very, uh, very steve mcqueen dad vibes
0: yeah he was a cardiopulmonary surgeon in the 1890s and this, like, literally, I'm looking now, the world's first successful heart surgery was in 1893, like, right around the time where he would also, he would, so, th- I think they really were just hacking away at people. Yeah, they were
1: just, <laughs> we're very much figuring this out. Yeah. It's like, the science isn't science yet. I have a I have a hacksaw and some anesthetic. Which one do you want first?
0: <laughs> <laughs> By the way. World's first heart surgery in ni- 1893 was uh, performed in a black-owned hospital in America. Whoa! Yeah. The son of a barber, Daniel Hale Williams, founded the first black-owned hospital in America and performed the f- world's first successful heart surgery. Whoa! People don't talk about that shit. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: He's <laughs> like cutting hair, cutting hearts. Cutting How hearts. could it be?
0: Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's less blood in a haircut, <laughs> but... Uh, Less blood.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so for high school, we're just, we're just, we're going, we're barreling through this one right now. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all good, though. You know, I, we can slow down. I, just, I Yeah, that's true. I, I
1: mean, let's just take a minute to chill. All right. Yeah. But this is a good time to talk about Patreon. Yeah, You can is. find us on that. Back to this, the episode. Film history, <laughs> the history of film. On
0: Patreon.
2: <laughs> <Great> sales pitch.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Lord Fausto you can find us on Patreon. Dev, give us a sales pitch.
2: Patreon, where you can hear us spew literal diarrhea out of our mouths and talk about <laughs> nonsensical things. On a regular it's where we basis. put everything
1: that's not good enough to be here.
2: <laughs> so, Man, if you oh really want to get dude. the inside <laughs> scoop on Hollywood and you want to see who's drinking the baby blood, go sign up for yes. Patreon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you want to hear about how Will Smith slapped Chris Rock for the Illuminati, <laughs> sign up for it. Yeah, because
1: no one's given their take
0: on that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we <laughs> also just green, recorded
1: though. Ezra Miller, of Society, Special Report, and uh, uh, a little bit about the Johnny Depp trial. Yes. Uh, there will be a game history episode coming out exclusively for the people on our $15 tier before the end of this week. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, uh, d- the top. Just tune in to find out the topic. Yeah. I want to keep it as a mystery for these guys, but I, I, I I'm excited about it. Ooh. And uh, yeah, and then also an off-topic compilation episode. So uh, uh, lots, lots of stuff from, and this is our first month. So you know, it's uh, it only gives more from here. Yep. And you know, once
0: again, shout out to Dylan. Shout out to Dylan, our shout first out to patron Dylan, man. Uh, I'm songs. excited to
1: be doing game history again.
0: Yeah, so that'll be cool. Of... I can't wait to hear what the next one's about, man. Ah, <sighs> it's gonna be good. Nice, it's be good, nice. So back to the CAG, old bogey. Uh, for high school, bogey enrolled in another extremely exclusive boarding school. Actually, uh, Phillips Academy, and they said he was an indifferent, sullen student. Who showed no interest in after-school activities, nor did he really give a shit about school at all. (laughs) I'd love to just imagine little like middle school bogey, like smoking cigarettes on the Mm -hmm. playground. He's like fucking school.
1: Yeah, I mean, why? Why would you? How could you possibly care if like you just you you see your parents are both miserable. They're rich and miserable. They hate each other. They hate you. Yeah. Um, your dad just. Fucking prescribes cocaine for a living. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. just like I don't want to go to school for fourteen years to prescribe cocaine and a and a unsanitized hacksaw to people. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like there's got to be something else to life. Is that look at that kid over on the corner tap dancing on that cellar door? Hey. He's having so much fun. Damn it, his life is so good. I bet his dad loves him.
2: I wonder if you Bogey know, being ever being saw a cellar door also a drug dealer. He wasn't a really good drug dealer because he had a cartoonist. Fucking out earn him when the yeah. margins on cocaine are supposed to be
0: fucking By, His cartoonist wife more than doubled his salary. She like drew pictures of naked babies and doubled what he made. Wait, if there's one thing that's like
1: a higher, like it had, fetches a better black market price than drugs, it's child porn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For the, uh, the, How would the delineator.
1: Know? <laughs> How <would> you know? <laughs> Don't look at my sketchbook, death. Um
0: right. <laughs> You won't like what you see. And the delineator. Again, uh, diarrhea.
2: <laughs> completely just yeah, spewing yeah. directly into the microphone.
0: Yeah, are we on Patreon right now, or is this a regular episode? You know, uh, <laughs> I'd I, I like to go on the
1: record saying I condone child porn, and I regret the jokes I just made. <laughs> you do condone? Wait,
0: you said condone? Anyway. Wait. Uh, can- wait. wait. You don't condone. Uh, don't <laughs> <laughs> You said I'd like to go on the record I thought you were just making a joke Damn, sorry
2: (laughs) No wonder You have your position about Twitter That you do (laughs) I'd like to go on the record saying
1: I (laughs) condemn What? (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I like all oh, the work and sing. I condemn child porn. They <laughs> regret the jokes they just made. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I don't regret like, any of that.
0: <laughs> like, like, Deb, like, the all our recording devices just shut off immediately, <laughs> all at once. The lights went off. The SWAT team is here.
2: You know, shout out to the NSA because they've been listening to our show for quite a while. Yes, they have. Yeah. They're one of our first patrons we just want to let you guys know keep tuning in <laughs> come back next week for more
1: of all the people that you, they have to like spy on they, they, the, whoever got us got a pretty sweet gig yeah man they just got a fun
0: <laughs> podcast to listen to <laughs> <laughs> Whew, man <laughs>
1: Anyway, back to the cag. you say so. It's like, do you, do you think, uh, think Bogey ever saw one of the Cellar,
0: uh, cellar dude, Door Cag shows? I, I wonder if Bogey ever saw Cellar Door Cag, man. Because <laughs> Cellar Cag had to be going up to the rich parts of the neighborhood to go tap dance on their cellar doors for the real money. You know? <laughs> I wonder if Bogey ever like, looked out of his, his uh, penthouse apartment window and saw a little cag down there. I'll Who bet knows? bet
2: you that they crossed paths on Broadway.
0: Oh yeah.
2: That is a very small community of performers. Mm -hmm. It's smaller than like Hollywood and filmmaking. And you know, when you go on auditions, (laughs) you're going on auditions, you see the same people going out for the same roles. And if they're the same age, you know, I maybe they didn't know each other, but I'm sure that their paths crossed at some point.
0: They yeah. did a scene together in a movie in 1939, the Roaring Twenties. They did a scene. Oh, that was cool. the one where Bogey was fucking. Bogie played this World War One soldier with Cag, mm-hmm. and Cag was like that. That kid out there, that German kid, looks like he's only 12 years old, and Bogey fucking shoots him. He's like, What, well, he ain't gonna see 13? <laughs>
2: like, that <laughs> that's was the line? That was Bogey. That's so that funny.
0: Bogey, that's dude. the line? Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Dude, that's so raw. That's so he gnarly. ain't gonna live to see 13. Ain't gonna see 13. <gasps> oh this my fucking, God. That's Bogey. Um, wait, so where's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off the top of the dome. <laughs> Off the top of the Bogey dome. Um. <laughs> wait,
1: wait, so is there any history of them being friends like when they were, became famous actors did they I, ever hang out I, I don't think they I, like I said they don't Keg... seem like they'd get along very well yeah. to be honest and like Caggy Keg... was a straight edge
0: guy yeah and Cag didn't really hang you remember Cag yeah. was more of like I'm going home going home to his ghost wife yeah, yeah. yeah to his ghost Kegney wife who like the studio stop kid. with
2: the real bullets and Bogart's like give me a Tommy gun yeah
0: <laughs> 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 Bogey's like if you you pussies stop shooting at me, I quit.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't seem like they had a
0: bunch of comments. Nah, honest. yeah, for sure. But they they worked together. It was uh, that scene is like that is film history, the history of film, all wrapped up into one. <laughs> Bogey and Cag, baby, the Roaring Twenties. Go and see, see that. that shit. Just see that interaction, dude. Absolutely. And that movie's a perfect represent- representation is, of both of them. Is that the only time they ever did a scene together? That was one of the only times. No, and they did they did that whole movie together. Uh, right. Like Bogey became but, this oh. like. Mob boss and CAG was like this way, but it's not the only movie they did together. So. I think that was the only one. That's I'm crazy. pretty sure. Was it
1: kind of like a Brad Pitt, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio situation where it's like we can't—they're too big to put in a movie together because like neither of them wants to be billed as like second billing. Exactly. Mm. You know
0: what? I take it back. They did do Angels with Dirty Faces together. He was in as that one well. too. Yeah, cool. Yeah. CAG and Bogie. Bogey was the mob boss in that one as well. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah.
1: okay. I'm starting to understand the types they play. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bogie was, like I said, man, like the dude, when you needed a fucking like gruff, mean guy, Bogie was the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bogart and Cagney, man, there's a whole article here, uh, a tale of two legends. And, um, oh, yeah, God, this, I think Bogey might have been in the public enemy at some point. <laughs> Wait, it was Yeah, man. Like, they were, Actually,
1: they only did movies they were together. They only did <laughs> movies together.
0: <laughs> Cagney was in Casablanca as well. <laughs> yeah, Cagney and Bogey, Gangster Dream Team. That's what this Whoa. article is called. From the Orlando Sentinel, no less. Whoa, yeah. Orlando. Orlando, baby.
2: The so, Taint of America.
0: The taint of America. The red, white, and blue. (laughs) So all this expensive bogey education was for a purpose. Maud and Maud and Belmont. This expensive bogey education. Maud and Belmont really wanted Hull Humphrey to go to Yale. That was their plan for him. Uh, but after one semester, he goes into the Phillips Academy, the boarding school, and at this point, he's away from Maud and Belmont. You know, at this point, he's on his own, really, and he's there for like a semester. Fails out of six of his classes, basically. They said he basically just drank and smoked. Like he was he was not a student. He was just there yeah. to fucking party. He was
1: he was he was ahead of his time, man. Yeah, <laughs>
0: man. Yeah.
1: And now we party today on this Tuesday night with the exam tomorrow to honor that legacy. Exactly, dude. dude. This one's fucking like.
0: The
2: how horrible was this boarding school have to be to where you'll be like, yo, I'm gonna leave and go join the military.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes,
1: that's exactly... I mean, at, at the time, I'd also been like the most rebellious thing he could have done. Yeah, you know that I mean? was like, kind He probably of... wanted to be like, well, fuck you, Mom and Dad. I, fuck all the money you just spent sending me to this education. Exactly. Exactly,
0: and they were very or... disappointed. He dropped out of Phillips Academy after one semester... Failed all his classes, just mm. drank and smoked his way out, and basically, yeah, he just realized it was 1918. He was now 18 years old, mm. and he was like, "What the fuck am I here for? I, I'm doing what Maude and 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 Penderbrook want me to do, and I fuck this. I'm out." Yeah. So he dropped out of school. There's no way to know how bad World War One was about to be. Yeah. Well, like. it was. It was. Raging like World War One was in the throes at the time. Mm, oh. As a matter of fact, it was almost done, but, but we did didn't know we, that did yet. Did
1: people back home like know how awful like the trench warfare and stuff oh, yeah. was? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I thought the propaganda would have been like, well, if we tell them how bad it is, no one's going to want to join the military. Yeah. So maybe we should just tell them it's going. It's not that bad.
0: By by this point, everyone had figured it out. This okay. was a few years. Everyone, until had it out. everyone had figured it out. It was not a, it was not a happy place to be, <laughs> uh, but he wanted to go. He fucking, he dropped out of school after one semester, joined the Navy, and he was like, here we well, come, okay. baby. okay, there's no trenches on a boat. There's no trenches on a boat, but the <laughs> Navy at the time was, it was a, it was a different place, man. Uh, the Navy at the time, you were you were gonna get, like, shot at and shit still, you mm-hmm. know, because you had to be so close to the land just to yeah, shoot it at them. <laughs> so this
2: was when the transition of, blow well, back to when are we, because I know history about this, um, this is when we went from having sail ships to diesel, not diesel, but engine and steam engine ships and steel hulls. So, you gotta think, like, the USS Constitution old Ironsides was still in service, and ironically enough, the guy who started Rum Row, his name was Bill McCoy. It's where we get the term, right. the real McCoy. He's responsible for the galvanization of the American Coast Guard in the modern Navy, meaning his sailing was so fast in his boats for smuggling rum during Prohibition that the U.S. military couldn't keep up with them, and they had to start putting steel hulls and fucking engines on their ships to go <laughs> Yes. Is. prohibition rumors
0: <laughs> right. yeah
2: yeah,
0: yeah yeah and fight I, the
2: war against the spanish the year before i mean when the spanish american yeah. war was like when you know in the early 1900s late 1800s was when we got puerto rico guam and the philippines and our american navy and our ships were so badass that we were technologically advanced we just obliterated the spanish armada and that's how we right. won all that territory
0: Right. Yeah. So it was
2: a pretty safe bet going oh. to be like a drunken sailor against like the most badass military navy in the world at the time. Right.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you got to pick one, I think the navy is probably still your best bet. Yeah. No trenches, no, no rickety planes. Yeah.
0: Like. He said, quote, uh, they
2: just get eaten by like, a shark when your ship goes down. That's it. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> he said, quote, at 18, wool was great stuff. Paris, sexy French girls, hot damn! So that was his naval <laughs> experience. <laughs> you but, know, hey, you know, that's uh, you
1: know? uh, the best argument I've heard for joining World War One. Yeah. that I was French
2: made, girls. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I, they were hot. Sees the silver linings. (laughs) Absolutely,
0: man. And I don't. He didn't some mustard
2: gas for some of that French poom (laughs) poom
0: Absolutely, man. (laughs) 1918 French girls definitely put me in the trenches. I I don't believe anyone was attractive until like maybe like
2: 95.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. Bogart was
2: like, wait a minute. She's smoking a cigarette? What? Right, yeah.
0: (laughs) These women smoke cigarettes and have armpit hair. I'm in heaven. (laughs) By the way, uh, there were also a bunch of legends about you know he says he dropped out and went to the navy. Uh, the school says something a little bit different. <laughs> the school says that he was expelled when he threw the headmaster into a pond on campus while that he was drunk. I believe Hilarious. that
2: story. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. It kind of feels like
1: one of those things where he's like, it was mutual. Yeah, you know, I dropped out. They expelled me. It was we we shook on it. You know, both parties are happy now. They also said
0: he would. Hit on uh, the female teachers <laughs> there. He he made very inappropriate comments ah. to the staff. <laughs> ah. the,
1: the 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 phrase "hitting on" is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that <laughs> yeah, sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At
0: least he wasn't hitting. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he was he was uh, he was flirting with them. <laughs> you may be a teacher, but you're still a dame. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but his parents were very disappointed in him, and uh, even more disappointing when he joined the navy and went to World War One and uh, went and fucked a bunch of French girls in the navy. Um, uh, he was actually—they said he was a good sailor. He spent most of his sea time after the after the armistice ferrying troops back from Europe. So the war ends. As soon as he gets there, basically, the war's over. And oh, lucky him. Yeah, lucky him. Uh, he was like, yeah, they didn't... As soon as I got there, they ended it. You know? They didn't want <laughs> a It was a bogey. old bogey. I'll <laughs> shoot as many 12-year-olds as I can find. <laughs> they won't see 13. Uh, he... So yeah, he basically, he, he was a big part of getting our troops back home from Europe after World War I, and he left service on June 18th, 1919, at the rank of boatswain's Swain's Mate Third Class. Am I saying that right, Dev? Boatswain.
2: Swain? Yeah. But that's like, I feel like that's a made up title. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, he I was- haven't
2: heard the term Boat Swain since the days of Jack Sparrow.
0: Right. Yeah, he also was called a cockswain, which I thought was very funny, because he's a cockswain and a seaman. Just a bunch (laughs) of dick cummy jokes there, you know, cummy dicks. He was a cummy dick sailor. Uh...
2: Um, a bunch of dudes doing a bunch of stuff with other dudes on a boat with a bunch <laughs> of dudes for a bunch of months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds hot as shit. I would have loved to have been on a boat with Bogey. I bet he was fun. He <laughs> was like, the French girls are nice, but the, the Navy boys are better. <laughs> <laughs> the Navy bros. The Navy bros. <laughs> Bogey, of course, he had this fucking like, hero scar on his lip that was real. Um and the studios made up a bunch of stories about the legend of this scar. Uh, the studios' Warner Brothers said that his lip was cut by shrapnel when his ship, the USS Leviathan that he was on, was shelled by the Germans. Never happened. <laughs> never happened. His ship never got shelled. Uh, so that didn't happen. And it, Bogart basically, yeah, I mean, they weren't even really... In the war before the armistice, you know. Uh, So, do you think
2: Warner Brothers is making up all of this about Ezra?
0: Ooh. No, because we
1: have social media now and (laughs) firsthand accounts. It's a lot. That that, the the woman in the hospital with the forty inch gash on her forehead. Forty inch. I don't don't think is a paid actor from Warner Brothers. The woman who Ezra Miller beheaded.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ezra Miller beheaded that woman (laughs) on Instagram. No longer has a head. (laughs) Yeah. He took her head and threw it in a gutter. Uh, Ezra Miller was doing the noble
2: cause of fighting against the Nazis and got shelled. And that's why he brought out his crossbow. Right,
0: right. That's how that woman was a Nazi that he cut her head off and turned her head into a poo-poo platter in Hawaii. Uh, (laughs) No, but the ship was never shelled. The ship was never shelled. Say that six (laughs) times fast. David Niven, who, Dev, if you remember, we talked about him once. Uh, He was one of the actors to also go to World War II. Like, he was part of that Jimmy Stewart conversation that we had around Christmas. Yeah, Um, he, He said he was friends with Bogie. He said when he first asked Bogart about his scar, Bogie said that it was caused by a childhood accident. He said, goddamn doctor, instead of stitching it up, he screwed it up. (laughs) <laughs> but that still might not be true. There's other stories. There was so a story his dad? that Dad?
2: What do you mean, doctor? Yeah, screwed up. Your dad's a heart surgeon. You yeah. fucking sew up your lip. <laughs> the fuck is I didn't that? Even think no about wonder that. He didn't make as much money as his wife. He was a fucking <laughs> shitty surgeon.
0: <laughs> his dad was like, "Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to stitch it up, you know. I'm busy." He was like, to- if, "Maybe you should have thought about that before you dropped out of school." Go <laughs> yeah, exactly. go, go have grab your navy your navy bros stitch yeah. this up. Yeah, Yale boys can have lips. You <laughs> you on the other hand, you know. So bogey is done with his world war one stuff uh he, he's done over there he's, he's done, he's, he's, done with all that. he's done with all that you know time to come home and he returns home and his dad is like in poor health uh his his medical practice is basically hanging on by a thread Gee, i um,
2: wonder why <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Old Pember Brooks is not doing very well, Pendleton, and uh actually, much of his family's wealth was lost in bad timber investments. I don't know much about the about the story here, but I would imagine this might have something to do with what we were talking about on reefer Madness. I'm wondering if this had something to do with the hemp industry. Well,
1: so a common con at the time uh, was actually, um, uh, uh, and actually, uh, the 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 fraud who wrote um, thinking to Be Rich." I think this was one of his favorite cons. Uh, what he would do is, uh, and if it's not that guy, it's just another history huckster. But um, they would go and they would um, they would present they would like falsify like information, like presenting themselves as like a legitimate like business thing. Right. And they would like get investments to go and buy lumber oh. and then resell the lumber and then instead of paying back the investment, they just skip town. Wow. And I don't know why lumber specifically, but that was like a big like that was that was a, a very common industry they got con. Like they would go they would they would get investments for lumber, they would sell the lumber and then they would skip town. Right. Um some 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 form of that. So maybe that was the bad timber investments, or you know, maybe just literally just this company went under and they didn't build the houses or whatever. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Well that yeah, something like that definitely happened. He came home and basically his family was like, Money's gone. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. And uh <laughs> But he he really he was already kind of done anyway. His his character and his values had changed. He had become very liberal. He uh, he hated he said he hated pretension. He hated phonies, snobs. Uh, sometimes defying conventional behavior and authority, and he was also he was just. Yeah, you know, he was different from his parents. He never really liked them very much. Anyway, yeah. he loved sailing. He loved the navy. Uh, mm. He sailed his whole life. He became uh-huh. a, he was like Dev. He was a very boat guy. He's <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> he was
1: a boat, boat
2: a boat. Yo, there are um, so many similarities between Humphrey Bogart and me. I like the fact that he got <laughs> kicked out of a private school. Same here. Like, I mean, wow. not for different reasons, Whoa. but, like, you know, yeah.
1: I you didn't feel push her dean this human. I might have been Humphrey Bogart in a past life, <laughs> and I will not Dude, be maybe. against it. Dude,
0: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Your Humphy's reincarnation, man. You are very passionate the too. You know,
1: do have a the Humphy I know. The reincarnation of home. Hearing me. <laughs> I do love the <laughs> bubbling
0: <sauce>. rage. <laughs> the bubbling rage and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he would sail after his naval service, he worked as a shipper and a bond salesman, joining the Coast Guard Reserve actually. <laughs> Uh he even he tried to go to World War 2. They were like you can't bro, you're too old now. But like he was trying to join the navy. So much so to the fact that in World War 2 we'll talk about it whenever I in part 2 more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took his fucking yacht to the coast of California and, like, it patrolled. <laughs> he was like, he, like, put guns on his yacht and he, was, he became, like, a fucking... Like the Coast Guard? Yeah, like the Coast Guard. <laughs> like, bogey's out there protecting
2: us. Like an actual <laughs> fucking pirate. Hell yeah.
0: Humphrey yes. Bogart is
2: my hero and I will probably get some kind of Humphrey Bogart tattoo in the future
0: fuck oh, dude i'll get sick. a bogey tattoo with you man i will definitely get "He's looking at you kid or something tattooed I, I or abstain from
1: this venture by the way i wish <laughs> you too luck
0: we should get the quote where he says he won't see 13 <laughs> yes. to get that tattoo uh, that would be a, that would be a gnarly tattoo <laughs> it's just him with that fucking sniper uh, rifle you know bogey with a sniper rifle that'd be gnarly so he had an old friend named bill brady from school, uh, from, from the fancy boy school, who he kept in touch with all throughout. He was, like, writing letters in World War I and shit. They were homies, you know. And his father had show business connections. His father worked in the industry. And Humphrey obtained an office job with William A. Brady's New World Films Company, uh, Bill's dad, he, his film company. So he gets kind of introduced you know he's just in the office he's doing like paperwork and shit but he sort of gets the spark you know he begins to he's he's seeing writers he's seeing actors he's seeing directors he's seeing production happen mm-hmm. and like you do you fall in love with it you know mm-hmm. and he decided he wanted to try his hand at screenwriting at first So at first he was trying to write, he wanted to direct as well, Uh, he even wanted to produce. He really wasn't into acting so much at Mm -hmm. first, he just kind of was in love with the whole filmmaking process, and apparently he wasn't, he didn't really excel at any of those things. He wasn't like, uh, nobody really noticed his writing or directing or anything, Mm -hmm. you know, which, he's just doing this around the office, he's just like trying to put in his two cents here and there to Mm -hmm. see if anybody picks up on it type of thing, you Mm -hmm. know at uh at new world productions
2: new world
0: new world uh but he he said that he liked actors because they were he, he said, "quote that he liked the hours that they kept," <laughs> and basically he loved that actors were like these drunken like poets. Oh, so you know? he, so he liked the
1: lifestyle. He liked
0: the lifestyle. So he this liked, looks fun. Yeah, this looks fun. These guys are all hammered and they're famous and they're rich. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. and they <laughs> and they fuck those French girls. Sounds you know. yes exactly they don't
1: even have to get an award to fuck the french
0: girls (laughs) exactly so he became a stage manager uh at at brady's new world films or whatever pemberbrook he became a stage manager for brady's daughter alice she had a play called a ruined lady and he made his stage debut a few months later as a Japanese butler. <laughs> it was not Japanese. Um he played a Japanese butler in one of her plays called Drifting. Um and it basically he's like it was his first like dialogue he had ever, you know, apparently he was very nervous, he didn't do very well, but this was his f- into the fire, you know, this was his big acting debut. And she liked him, so she kept casting him in plays. Alice did. And she was, it was like off-Broadway type of stuff. But mm-hmm. she just loved him, you know? She mm-hmm. She thought he had this thing. Mm-hmm. and You got she, this thing, kid. You got this thing, kid. Um, but yeah, like you were saying earlier, though, he, he was very much raised to believe that acting was like a lowly profession, you know? But I think that was part of the reason why he liked it. I think yeah. he liked that his parents hated it. Right, yeah. You know? Uh, he said, "I was born to be indolent, and this was the softest of rackets." <laughs> <laughs> one of those pansy actors. <laughs> yes, I want. Basically, it's like these guys are making so much money for this bullshit, you mm-hmm. know. And I want to be one of them. Uh, he spent much of his free time in speakeasies, drinking heavily. And another, a barroom brawl at this time was also a purported cause of his lip damage. (laughs) So that's another story for the old lip scar. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But this was the beginning for him. This was Alice putting him in these plays. He is, uh, he's, he's playing... Japanese people, which is very bad. Uh, but in 1921, he does that play drifting, mm-hmm. and this was his introduction. And he just instantly was like, mm-hmm. "This is what I want to do." Yeah, you know, I'm going to be an actor.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunate, but you know, probably no one thought anything was wrong for at the time. No, absolutely yeah. not. No, definitely. They're not. like, "What? What else would
0: we do?" Yeah, exactly. Cast they, nation person. Yeah. No, but that is part one. That's okay. part one. I just wanted to get you up to speed until, and then, this is going to be, uh, I'm, I'm talking about like part two is going to be the fucking, like a movie star tale. This the man became as white hot as it fucking gets. Like, cool. Bogey was, probably for a few years in a row, the biggest movie star on the planet. Like to this day even. I, I I like I said, I don't think there's ever been another one. Cool. You know. Yeah. And uh yeah. it's not exactly the war with the studios that CAG had, but it's got a lot of interesting twists and turns cool. and we're gonna talk bogey and bacall as well. Ah,
1: I'm so excited. Can't wait. Bogey and Bacall.
0: <laughs> Until
1: then you can find us on Patreon where there's even more content. Uh, yes. <laughs> at the um, you know uh Right now, uh, you can expect a um, an off-topic compilation episode of some of our outtakes and, you know, s- rants and jokes and stuff that just either don't make sense in an episode or, like, just, you know, it doesn't need to be for the public. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're also, um, at least once a month, there's going to be some sort of bonus conversation. Uh, this month, you get three. There's going to be the Oscar talks. We talk about the the Will Smith, uh, Chris Rock thing. Uh, we talk about Ezra Miller being a menace to society in, um, in uh, Hawaii. And, uh, cutting doing... a
0: lady's head off. <laughs> cutting
1: a lady's head off to Capitanic Woman. <laughs> and we'll uh, talk about uh, Giant Depp and uh, the whole thing he's going through. Yeah. And then also, before the end of this week, there will be a brand new episode of Game History, the History of Games uh, written by myself. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, that, um, that will be a once-a-month occurrence. It'll be Hell one yeah. of those a month. Uh, as long as there's at least one patron at the $15 tier, shout-out to Dylan.
0: Ooh, Dev, what, I, wanted some, I wanted to hear Dev's closing thoughts on bogey before we Uh, on uh, bogey part one
2: i mean the goddamn the the man's a goddamn american hero like you know he is the living legend i mean i I can't think of no one other than having you know ernest hemingway humphrey bogart and hunter s thompson walk into a bar i mean (laughs) that's who i want to party with i mean shit
1: yeah
0: yes humphrey bogart punched
2: the fucking Weakness out of the culture of acting of <laughs> the time. Period. He did.
0: No, he really, he definitely did, man. He definitely did. But in the meantime, between here, between part one and part two, I implore all of you go watch as much Bogey as you can. There's a lot of his old movies. If you have HBO Max, uh, they have some of his. Like they've got the uh, the African Queen. They've got Casablanca on there. Uh, In a lonely place. You got to see that one no matter what. Definitely go watch this guy. I, and I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, I just can't pinpoint him to anyone to compare to. I, I just think he was very one of a kind. And I think he is to be experienced. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to be doing this three part series on the Bogue, on Bogey. But yeah, that'll do it then. Uh, good. I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear Dev's closing thoughts. I'm getting and, uh, a bogey we'll tattoo here.
2: for sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> dude, I will get a bogey tattoo with you. I swear to God. I
2: think I'm gonna get him sitting on his yacht, holding a scotch and also holding a gun as the sun sets off the coast of California, patrolling I love for it. fucking enemy soldiers and ships. <laughs>
0: I love hysterical. it, man. I love it. Dude. Hysterical. Yes. Well, uh, all right. well,
2: I oh, got, Before we close out, really quick, I got a special announcement for everybody out there in the multiverse of of digitalness. Um, Abracadabra Films is really is proud to announce our first NFT project uh, being mm. dropped. Probably by the time this episode airs, but if not shortly thereafter, we are going to release a collection of artwork that you can go purchase uh, find out more about on our website definitely follow me at abracadabra dev but i'm producing a documentary called blood in the water and it's about the correlation of red tide and the piney point disaster here in florida and how big phosphate has maintained a stranglehold on the laws and regulations and there's a crazy villain as a hedge fund manager who bankrupted this site and dumped 215 million gallons of radioactive waste into tampa bay last year and it produced in pinellas county alone over like two billion pounds of fucking dead fish on our beaches Um, It phosphate is Florida has 75% of the Phosphate used for agriculture In America and it produces 25% of the fertilizer Used in agriculture in the entire world So this is a big Big issue and bringing Awareness to it is something that I'm Really passionate about and I can't be more Proud about this is our first project Into this space it's coming down The pipeline quick and it's really gonna exert change. We think we can get uh, Governor DeSantis on camera in the next couple of months and his uh, running opposition, the head of agriculture, Nikki Fried, because um, this is a, an election year for the governorship of Florida. So this is a bipartisan issue. It's something that we can all agree on that will bring us together as a culture, as a people, to say we need to preserve our environment for future generations and we need to preserve our economy so we can feed the world. And both can exist simultaneously. So I, I really do believe that this is an important thing and if you guys have any interest in it, go go check it out on our website, abracadabra-films.com and follow me on Twitter specifically, Abracadabra Dev.
1: That's incredible, oh, Dev. Hell wow, yeah. that's fucking awesome, oh, man. Uh, I'd yeah. love to hear that. Hey. He is looking at you, kid. There we go. <laughs> I'm not doing anything nearly that important right now, but if you feel like checking me out, I'm at Drake Cummings on Instagram, Drake Armstrong Cummings on Twitter, and Hollywood Drake on TikTok. I just got a video that topped 130 thousand views. Yeah, Drake's and becoming it,
0: TikTok famous. It's,
1: it's climbing up. Like it's the the wave. The wave is waving. So uh, hop on that wave. And it's
0: very funny, by the way. The video is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Oh, the, genuinely. Oh, yeah. The new video
1: I put out today about yeah. the the Morbius sequels. Yeah, check that one. out. If you check out another TikTok by me, check out the one on the Morbius sequels. Very, funny. Uh, very proud of that. Thank you. Yeah. And that one's climbing. I, I haven't checked the numbers, but. Well, here I'll check it right now live, live on the on the talk. I think, um, live on the, I think live Morbius on the
2: is directly responsible for the polar ice caps melting on this planet.
1: <laughs> All right, so What'd you know I, when James walked in earlier today, the the video had like a thousand views. It's at four thousand three hundred ninety four right now. Nice. So seven hundred forty likes, eleven comments. So you know you're just uh, sitting here
0: going viral as we sit here, man. <laughs> as we sit here and record.
1: So, so small numbers for TikTok, but the hundred thirty k. That's that's, that's those are good numbers. Those like so, sp- I'm noms. I'm super excited about that. But
0: yeah, the wave the wave keeps waving. That's great, man. That's great. And you can find us at Film History, the History of Film, all over the socials. FHHF Podcast on Twitter, uh, Film History, the History of Film on Patreon, baby. And uh, <clears throat> you can find me at James Wyatt Scott or Jimmy Deloy, depending on where you're looking. And you can also find me. Sitting here posing for mom, drawing my baby picture for some (laughs) ad, making a shit ton of money, and dad's angry because he doesn't make as much, and uh, I'm going to war. Anyway, (laughs) that was Film History. The The History history of film. film.